Hello, everyone. Today I have Ken Eslick. Uh, he's uh, founder and CEO of uh, the Leaders Lab. Uh, they are they are 10-year-old. He just recently completed 10 years. Congratulations, Ken. Uh, they are uh, a B2B services-focused uh, uh, leadership uh, executive search firm based in uh, New York City. Uh, Ken, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks, Manan. Good to be here. Well, uh, it's really my pleasure. So Ken, you completed 10 years. Uh, that's a big milestone for, for anybody to achieve. We, we all know how brutal uh, recruiting is as a business. Uh, so congratulations. Love to understand uh, the growth, the evolution uh, over the last 10 years. Yeah, it's been interesting. I, I sort of feel like we're still brand new because um, I'd say... I was in uh, the corporate world and I left about 10 years ago. And when I did, I always had it in the back of my mind. Um, I was on the other side of the fence, so I would hire recruiters and some were not very good and they charged high fees and they didn't really know our business. And I, you know, grass is greener, right? I kind of looked at it and went like, oh, I could jump in here and do a lot better and the fees are pretty good. And so when I left corporate, I, I jumped in. And in some ways, I was right. I, I think I had a certain amount of experience, not in recruiting, but in leadership in my industry that I could leverage. But what I didn't do, uh, which is crazy because I, I know better, is I didn't find uh, like a mentor. I didn't really have any peers in the, in the business. So I just kind of went at it by myself and, and did okay. Um, you know, but I feel like I sort of bought myself a job in a way, you know, and yeah. then it's been really since COVID where it's been like, okay, let's kick this thing into, into gear. And, and we've been growing a lot uh, the last couple of years. Okay. So what has that uh, growth growth been like uh, in terms of, uh, you know, whatever numbers that uh, you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah. So I, I mean, this will be our first year exceeding a million. Um, and so the last two years we've doubled each year. Wow. Um, but we were sort of flatlined in that, you know, 300K. We had some 400K years. I mean, our growth line just sort of looked like, like, like a boring stock. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was neither up nor down. It was just like sitting there. And I was... I, I, I don't want to say I was okay with it, Manon, because I wasn't like, I wasn't, um, I wasn't happy with those kind of results. It didn't excite me to go to work every day, but at the same time, uh, I wasn't really doing anything about it. I, I was kind of stuck. I didn't know exactly where to go. And so COVID provided, I think, a, uh, I don't know, in some ways for all the tragedy it's caused, it's also was a time for like reflection, you know, gave us the space to kind of regroup, gave us the time. To, to do that as well. Okay, so uh, that's interesting. So uh, I, I want to go deeper over there, right? Like what changed in COVID, right? Like you, COVID, we are talking about 2020, about two years back. So by then it had, it had already been eight years since you started Leaders Lab. Um, what kicked you into action? So we went from having uh, our best first quarter in the beginning of 2020 to zero dollars and zero cents of revenue starting, you know, March 15th or so, like everybody or like a lot of people, I guess. So the, if I was going to stay in recruiting or have a good business in 2020, uh, I would have had to pivot to a different industry and start placing like, you know, Amazon workers or something, you know, something that was in demand or kind of regroup 
And so we chose to regroup. So our company used to be called Summit Careers. We rebranded it. We defined our niche. We, I've read a ton. I mean, I just did a lot of different things. Ultimately uh, found a guy named James Blackwell. One thing that I knew was that automation would be the way to go. I always knew that. I, in fact, I tried it. Uh, I just, again, no mentor, no, no blueprint, no, you know, no path. And so I would try these things. Um, people talked about hiring VAs. So I would go on Upwork, but I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I was hiring VAs from my own country, which is kind of ridiculous because, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not all that great. And they charge a lot. So, so, but, I, but I, you know, I had the, um, I had the, the intuition, I guess, to know that that was the way. I just didn't know the way. So I started kind of looking around for people uh, programs, training, things like things like that, where I could find someone younger than me that's maybe done it from an industry standpoint, because I, I knew my niche, but I don't know the industry. Uh, even 10 years in now or eight years at the time, um, I didn't really know recruiting. I mean, I knew what I had done and, and we had discovered some pretty cool things, but I didn't know a lot about, about the business. And so I really need to surround myself uh, with people like that. And I, I thought that that person would be, or, or people or network would be younger than me. Uh, I'm pretty good with tech, but they would be more tech savvy than me. They would have been down this road before so that I don't have to like reinvent the wheel. And so we did it from the ground up. We literally just, and, and, and if you're saying, you know, what kind of caused, I mean, literally because of COVID, it was like, I had nothing to do, but think about this. Like, you know, normally you want to do stuff like this, but you're like, well, I've got this job that I've got to fill, right? Or I've got all these things on my to-do list and we never get to building the business. And to me, it was kind of like, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. I'm going to have this sort of decent income, but I'm a slave to this business. I was definitely working in the business every single day. And so um, so that was kind of the great reset and, and allowed us to kind of rebuild everything as if we had never really done it before. Interesting. So you, you basically, you know, uh, went from being a recruiter to actually being a CEO um, and being an individual oper individual contributor and being an operator, uh, actually thinking in terms of systems, playbooks, um, and enabling others to deliver, right? Yes. And what I forgot to tell you was the big, I thought for sure, like I was saying earlier, that even if it worked, I would give up revenue short term, right? Like, like, and that to me is still something. If I was doing it again, I'd be like, yeah, you should plan to give up some revenue if if, if that's the shift you're going to make. But we didn't. I mean, we just didn't. I, I think the speed at which we executed, combined with the speed at which the market was coming back, combined with the people on my team really stepping up, my my wife being the the biggest one that really stepped up. All of those things aligned, and it was like the dip never even happened. Wow. Uh, which is beautiful. Like, you know, wow. I was like, cool. I, I, I would like to be not missed at all. I would like this thing to function without me, you know? Yeah. No, we, uh, and we have to take those decisions every day, right? Like every, um, for, for somebody like us, right? Like a new salesperson, uh, it always takes two to three months for somebody to ramp up, even if they are a great salesperson, right? And uh, it's difficult for, uh, in a recruiting job, in a sales job to hit the ground running. Um 
and uh, but it's important for them to make mistakes learn from them and in that process we will lose business right so then that's that's right. that's okay uh, so uh, yeah that is you know I, I know that is a difficult reality to to accept for for founders but you know that's just that's just how uh, how, how it works right so i, I understand right. that there is something very interesting uh, that that you've done uh, at leaders lab right so you you hire leadership positions right like it's this is a very niche, super high value, uh, uh, you know, set of, set of set of people, and almost everybody in your team they don't really have recruiting experience. Uh, why is that? Uh, and and uh, what does your internal uh, hiring framework look like? So. I didn't know at the beginning. So the reason I didn't have experience at the beginning is because I just wasn't from the industry. So it wasn't like I had some big wise plan, you know, that I put into action. I, I think now what I'm looking for is maybe different than what people typically look for. I mean, I think um, the way to test out for a recruiter, if you're looking at a personality test in the past was probably very similar to like an outside sales rep, right? Like super money motivated, which is still important. And, um, but I'm finding that, like, are you familiar with the DISC profile the, no. where they have like, you've probably seen something similar where like uh, uh, D is like your driver score, I is uh, interpersonnel score, C is control and things like that. And S is stability, right? So typically if you look at those four uh, things, the sales rep is gonna be very high I. So talking all the time, very gregarious, outgoing, all of that usually with some D. So they're usually very high I, like on a scale of one to a hundred, like your top sales reps can be like a 98 on a, on a I scale, right? And then, and then if they're good, they're also gonna have a decent amount of D. So maybe like a 60 in, in D, uh, because that means they're gonna ask for the order. They're not just gonna talk and, and all of that, but they're gonna, they're gonna try to close stuff. The C and the S is more about like paperwork, policy, procedure. And sales reps don't generally want to do that, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the beef with sales reps is like, and and they're kind of cocky about it. They're like, look, I just I just brought you all this business, make someone else do that. And in a way, they're kind of right. Like if we can yeah. just focus them on, yeah. But <laughs> I think the more that we get into automation and systems-based recruiting, um, we still need people that are gregarious. We still need people that are money-hungry as well. I want people that are motivated by, by incentives, but I actually need them to be very detail oriented. I need them to be, you know, I mean, I can hire VAs to do a lot of stuff, but if we're sourcing, let's say 150 candidates for a recruiter every week, there's only so much automation we can put in, right? There's, there's things they, they need to manage their conversations. They need to manage their, there's a, I think a, a big combination, like the perfect combination to me of a recruiter would be highly detail oriented, highly money motivated at the same time. And obviously good with the candidates. I hired somebody just like that in uh, October and she's made six placements for us already. Uh, not coming from the industry at all, working from home as a mom uh, and she's killing it. And, oh. and I expect her to get to three or four a month by the end of this year. Uh, but she she's at a point where you'd expect her to be making maybe her first or second placement right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but she fits that profile that I just talked about, like exactly. Very interesting. The tricky thing about testing someone, like if I actually just looked at their score, 
just because someone's capable, I'll give you an example. I test out very high D, very high I, very low, I forget which one. My S and C are not strong on paper. Yeah. yeah. But here I am creating, leveraging, implementing all these systems. So I'm quite capable of it. I know it's not where I'm going to go to naturally, right? If I'm at a party, I'm not. You can identify people by their SCDI profile in a way, right? Yeah. Uh, drivers making things happen. The I is the social butterfly, right? Um, the S uh, just wants to know what's going on, what time is everything going to happen, you know, things like that. So, um, and, and C is like mom, right? Yeah. Wants to make sure no one gets in trouble. <laughs> so, so for like, uh, I'll give you an example. For a, for a VA, a VA absolutely to me must have a high C score. Must. Must. Like if they're high I, high D, they're probably not going to, and low C as a VA, they're not going to be a good VA. They might be good at leading a team of VAs. But if you just need one VA, that's going to be very tough because all a lot of times we need that for is like process oriented stuff, data, you know, all of that. Um, but if someone's high D, high I, it doesn't mean they can't do those things. It just means they have to recognize that it's not a natural strength for them. And so to me as a business owner, I don't feel like I had systems in place to make people successful before. So I don't look at people and go, well, why were they unsuccessful or successful or whatever? I sort of look at it and go, I, I didn't, it's my job to provide an environment or, or help create an environment to allow those that are capable of succeeding to succeed, right? To make it easy to remove obstacles and barriers and all of that. And I didn't do that. You know, I mean, our, our one and only uh, means of client out or uh, candidate outreach pre-COVID was LinkedIn. That's yeah. it. LinkedIn and InMail, very expensive. That was it. Like if they didn't respond, they didn't respond. So all the good candidates that uh, didn't log on to LinkedIn in time, sorry, the opportunity has gone. And, and you, know, you know, that's not a good system. And a recruiter that isn't really going to bring you the new system, and nor should I expect them to, right? They're not going to tell me that. So, um, so yeah, where I'm at right now with, with um, folks that have worked with us before and even ourselves is we now have to assimilate, acclimate to this new norm, sure. right? Sure. If you're able to do that combined with having a, a high sales personality, then you should do really, really well. If you can't, then it might not be the best place for uh, somebody to work long-term because it's going to feel boxed in, right? Like some sales reps, if you give them too much uh, admin, they feel boxed in, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, I know it's a uh, it's 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 a difficult uh, transition uh, uh, transition to make. Um, okay, uh, changing uh, uh, gears a little bit. Um, so you talked about earlier earlier you talked about you know, uh, you know picking a niche uh, and uh, pivoting uh, to where you are right now. Now let's let's look at next next three years, right? So let's, let's say we, we, you keep on doubling, which is, which is a crazy growth rate anyway. Um, so um, but let's say you keep on doubling uh, over three years, which is you are 8x the size. Um, and you, uh, you are presented with, you, you, have, you have actually just by the nature of the beast, you have basically two options in front of you, right? Like uh, um, you keep on doing leadership uh, with, you know, with, with, with your core 
uh, you know, B2B services uh, as, a, as, as an industry. Um, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, and find new clients to keep the same pace of growth. Um, or you say that, okay, I already have, you know, this company as a client. Now, you know, I, I'm already doing leadership. Let's, let's do middle management. Let's do, uh, you, know, uh, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, so where, so, so two, two, uh, two choices, right? Like increase the number of logos that you have. Uh, versus increase the revenue that you get from each logo. What would you choose and why? Uh, you're not probably going to love this answer. I'm going to say both um, uh, in a way. Um, first of all, let's talk about like expanding your footprint within the current customer. Because I think there's never been a better time to do that right, right now for everybody, for any recruiter. Here's what I say to every single job right now from our existing clients. So let's say someone calls up and they say, I need somebody with an MBA in Chicago that's managed at least 100 people and a PL of $20 million for at least five years, right? Let's just say that's what they're looking for. And, and I'll say, okay, Manan, um, great, we can do that for you. I think I understand everything. We go through all the questions, right? We figure it out. And what I'll say is, hey, in our search, right, we're searching, if you looked at a dartboard, we're, your candidate is the center of the bullseye, right? They're, Hundred. Sorry, I live in New York. I don't know if you can hear the sirens. But, yeah. uh, center of the bullseye is hundred million or uh, hundred people, twenty million PL, MBA, Chicago, within ten miles of the city center. That's the center of the bullseye, right? That's what you want. And they go, yeah, that's what I want. Okay, what do you want me to do if I find somebody with all of that experience, but they don't have a bachelor's degree? Because I saw on your website that you have this other position that looks like it's one or two levels below this. And I, and I use this word all the time. I don't know why, but I always say, do you want me to throw them out? Because it just sounds so dramatic, right? Do you want me to discard them? Do you want me to throw them out? And like everybody needs talent right now. So they never say like, yes, throw them out. <laughs> and so, so I'll go, would you be willing to look at, at them, you know, as well? And they'll go, yeah, but I really want you to fill, I got it. I really, I know that we are being contracted and retained to fill this spot target of the bullseye. We'll, we'll charge a retainer. We'll set the contract on that spot, but we will send candidates for these other one, two, three positions as well. And you can pay us contingent upon those. So I think there's just so much opportunity like that where you don't have to necessarily uh, change your niche, switch lanes, go from operations to sales or go from leadership to temp workers or whatever. I think you can just say, Hey, while I'm doing it, you know, how about all these people that come along with it? Right. Cause there's always those candidates that are like, Oh man, if they just had this open or, you know, this guy's a little overqualified, a little underqualified. And so we're trying to just expand the net a little bit without changing our niche completely. That said, I'm strongly considering going into, um, uh, some executive sales positions as well right now within our, just because there's such a demand, I've just got to figure out how to set it up internally. So that might be another step for us. In terms of landing new candidates or landing new clients, we're looking more for people with a national footprint here in the U.S. that can overlap um, where, we're, where we're already, so major markets in the U.S., same niche, same verticals, all of that. Um, and then we'll take the same process. At least that's how I'm thinking about it right now, but we're not looking to dramatically leave our lane, but just maybe again, just grab the fringes a little bit while we stay in it. 
Sure. Okay. Yeah, because uh, the reason why I ask this question um, is, is is that you know your success in 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 scaling recruiting as a business is highly dependent on how how efficiently you can increase collision rate, right? Like when, when I say collision, yes. what I mean is that you have uh, I, I give you a candidate and I give you a client, right? Like how often can you can you match them, right? Like um, so um, that collision rate is very important and uh, uh, it, 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 there are multiple ways of uh, going about it. But again, right, like if, if it is very hard to do that when you you hire across functions, right? Like, yeah, if, uh, yeah I mean, you know, you're hiring sales and- Well, there's that tendency. Engineering, it's difficult. Well, and we did the same thing. I see new recruiters do it all the time. I did the same thing where you just don't want to say no to anything because you got to eat, right? So you're like, someone's like, can you hire a process engineer? I'm like, I don't know anything about that. I have no business saying yes to that job. I really don't. And, but I probably would have said yes, you know, but now there's absolutely no way. I mean, I'm not networked in that industry. I got to start from scratch. It doesn't make any sense. You'll never build a business. So uh, I'm not knocking anybody for um, doing what they got to do to make something happen, especially early on in their business. But if that becomes a pattern, um, I remember people, I, I, you know, I keep saying I didn't have mentors early on, but, you know, I read some things that I ignored for sure. You know what I mean? Like I, I read that it was smart to tighten your niche. And I was like that tight. Like it just seemed crazy to me. Like, you know how, but uh, yeah, we're very, very specific, um, very specific. And, and it works uh, because then you can be an expert in your field. Then you have talent that you can recycle to other um, recycles, maybe not a great word, but, you know, uh, reappropriate yeah, somebody else and all of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually one of the most fascinating things that I have uh, learned in this industry as well, right? Like as uh, we, we get to work with a very large spectrum of uh, uh, staffing businesses. Uh, and what we have consistently seen uh, is that uh, the, the, the larger, more ef- the, the more successful staffing businesses are much more efficient at acquiring a new logo as well as they you know so the, their number of customers that they work with work with per recruiter is much lower right so they 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 work with fewer customers um but they have they make much more money from the from those same set of customers than right. uh, you know smaller uh, uh you know and slower uh, recruiting businesses do and this was the most most insane thing that that you know I, I i i have seen businesses that are you know half the size and have you know acquire more customers than a business that is double their size uh and uh you know and which 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 kind of blew my mind and i was like how how how, how the hell is this possible and um which is where i i you know started thinking very deeply about what makes this business tick and what makes this tick is you know you increasing your chances of having that collision um and uh, uh mathematically right like the smaller the space more chances you have of that random particle collisions right so it's uh, um which is which- i had a i'm sorry sorry i had an, an analogy of um, what you're talking about that i thought of and it was it's it's 
I would compare it, this is going to sound a little weird at the beginning, but I would compare it to like the screen printing business. Like when you go to get t-shirts printed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you, if you, if you, if you got to get one t-shirt printed and you want like the recruiter flow logo, how much is that going to run you for one? I don't know. $10, 15 and maybe even more because they've got to set the, they've got to set the, the, whatever it's called. They've got to set your, uh, your yeah, trays and all yeah. of that, right? They've yeah. got to create yeah. the logo. They've got to do everything. Now, if you go and get a, a 50 of them printed, then the cost comes way down because they've built this level of efficiency, right? And they can pass in law. I would say the same thing with this. Like if, if, a, if a client calls us, even if they're in our niche, but maybe they have a different job or maybe we don't know them. We don't know how they pay. All the time and effort it, it takes to understand this little 100-person company or 50-person company or whatever it is, is the same time and effort it takes me to understand a 30,000-employee company, right? And I've still got to build the, the ink trays. I've still got to do all of that for probably a very similar percentage. Maybe I charge them a little bit more because they're smaller, but it doesn't offset all the costs and time and everything that I had going into it, right? So yeah, we're definitely speaking the same language there. To me, it's gonna be um, really national customers uh, that we can get repeat business from that, that overlap with other national customers. Yeah, no, that makes uh, complete, uh, complete sense. Um, yeah, um, so Ken, uh, I asked this question uh, to uh, everybody. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think I know your answer, but uh, uh, what is that one, uh, uh, you know, uh, one book, one podcast or, you know, anything, anything that uh, you would recommend to uh, our listeners uh, that has had an outside? I think the, recru the, the Recruiter Flow podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I wish. Um, you know, uh, I met you through a guy named James Blackwell. Um, James has a program my eyes suck. So I put it in your chat for you. If you want to share it with anybody, but he's got a program called the uh, recruiter accelerator program. And that was the guy I found. And I can't remember if they found me or if I was just looking for like automation for recruiting companies or what I had tried a couple of different things. But like I said, I had that appointment with him in late July and I just, you know, they do a couple of calls a week where you just get to exhaust your questions of, him and any other recruiter that's on there. And, and right away I was like, yeah, this, this is, this is it. Like, I didn't know what it was that I needed. I just <laughs> knew I was in search of it. And then I was like, okay, this is my group. Um, and then James has a couple other programs. So I kind of went through that uh, starter program with him. And then he's got like an elite group of recruiters. There's maybe 25 of us um, that most of us should all be in the seven digit recruiting now, or we're getting close. And, um, you know, James brought us together. It's James program, but, you know, I get a lot out of those guys too. We're just constantly trading ideas and, and stuff like that. And so I'll never turn back. I mean, I feel like, um, every call with these guys, I literally, I have a notepad. I actually take notes on my iPad and I'm just, I'm just like ready to go. I'm like, who's going to say something today that's going to change my business, you know? And, and so it's been really good to, to be with them. So I've read some other books and things like that, but nothing's had the impact that that group has had, uh, for me. Very interesting. I, I'll make sure I put that uh, link in the you know description uh, on, on YouTube. Um, yeah, uh, and lastly, uh, you can. I would love to understand how has so you've been with Recruiter Flow now six months more, right? So about uh, six. Yep. Yeah. So 
if you can tell uh, our listeners how we have helped you grow, scale, uh, and what made you pick Recruit.flow in the first place? Uh, James, uh, James was uh, suggesting it and I, I was a newbie and I was yeah. like, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm there to learn. I was like the perfect student. I was like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And they, they said, uh, go check this out. So I did a little demo uh, with you. Yeah. I liked what I saw. It seemed very um, intuitive. Things were where I expected them to be a lot of dragging and dropping and things that, you know, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. I think I can figure this out pretty quickly. And so and I did within, um, you know, a few days, I, I had our base system up, meaning I had our jobs inputted. Uh, uh, we didn't have a real ATS to move candidates over from. So I wasn't super worried about doing that, but I got jobs set up. Um, your team, I mean, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast. I say this in the chat to them all the time. You know, I'm not shy about asking for help when I need it. You know what? I'm constantly... Yeah. You know, two, three times a week with your team. I'm like, and the thing that I've loved the most about you guys is not just the response, like, oh, someone will get with you shortly. But I mean, actual answers or you jumping in and going, that's a great idea. I feel like you guys are still small enough to where I'm actually having an impact on the direction of the product to some degree, right? Or, or, or as, a, as, a, as a customer. So anyway, we first just got all that base stuff set up. So jobs, um, you know, got my recruiters in there. And then we started looking for different things. So I got my careers page set up. You guys were awesome with that. You did some specific programming to make that look better on my site, which I thought was really, really cool. I mean, I just can't imagine. I didn't expect that kind of service ever from like a software provider. And so um, lately we've done a bunch of other things. So I'm getting to the point now where, you know how sometimes when you're working with a piece of software and they go, here's update, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Oh God, I don't want to read that. Right. Like I don't even read it for my iPhone. I'm not going to read it. I'm like, someone will tell me about it, but now I'm kind of like reading your updates and I'm going, okay, cool. Like what did they put in right now? And uh, most recently you guys did a uh, ring central integration and oh my gosh. So I went out, I've got ring central set up. There's a ring central plan that records calls for you automatically. So I can call someone from, re I can have a recruiter. I'm in New York. I can have a recruiter in California or anywhere in the world. They make an outbound call to a candidate. It records them automatically, not because I want to be big brother, but when's the last time I sat in on what this guy's actually saying on the phone to our candidates and he needs support and help and all of that, not singling you out, Dylan, if you're watching this, I'm just, you were the furthest guy from me. Um, but I don't know, that's just amazing to me, right? And like texting through there and having automatically timestamp your phone calls, your texts and everything like that. So. Uh, we started email campaigns a few weeks ago uh, through you guys for our candidates. So, um, you know, we're doing email lookups and then everybody that comes in our system uh, that is sourced from LinkedIn is getting uh, emailed immediately. Um, then they're going into, you know, different stages that we set up. So I, I, I'm kind of rambling on and on, but I would say we've implemented all of that. And I still feel like there's a lot of functionality like with recipes and things like that. It's probably going to be the next step that we take to uh, to take recruiter flow even further. But um, I guess the thing I like the best about it, Manon, is the team and that the product is growing as I'm growing right now. So my business doesn't, you know, you know, we're growing fast. We're not going to look the same a year from now. I know that you guys aren't either. Yeah. Right. And I'm guessing we're both going to look a lot better. So, yeah, let's uh, aim into that. So, uh 
Um, no, yeah, I mean, you're right. So a lot of, most of our roadmap is just driven by uh, uh, users' uh, feedback. Uh, I, I think that's the best way to build uh, build a, a lasting uh, product. Um, and really, uh, one of the things that we like to do is really deeply get into our users' business in terms of understanding why they need certain things. Um, we, we, uh, to anybody who's listening, uh, we've, uh, one of the frameworks that I follow uh, here is JTBD, which is job to be done. Um, so we, we, it's, we kind of like ask four whys, right? Like, hey, even Ken says, I, I, want, I want this. Why do you need that? What does it do for you, right? Like how, at the end of the day, um, when you go five, four, five wise deeper, you start understanding like what that, what impact that that particular feature, if implemented or not, will have, and on on what set of customers, and that basically decides, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, our roadmap, um, and that is the reason why we've been able to keep Recruiter Flow as a extremely easy to use as a product. Uh, but still pack a lot of power under the hood, right? So uh, you know, one of the things that you change uh, that's exactly along what you're talking about is I was calling you about, and not to be too specific, but there was a thing in how our jobs linked and what the language was that it would say, right? So by default, jobs usually say apply. But, but when we're working with a candidate, we didn't want it to say that because they're not really applying yet. They're just applying to us. So you got in there, but you did. You asked me like probably five or 10 questions and then you went like, yeah, okay, yeah, well, we can do that on our next programming update. And then I just noticed in your update last month, I think that's now a programmable change for everybody, right? Yeah. Like anybody can change that, yeah. So I, it was cool to see that, 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 that like kind of started with us and then maybe you had that request again or understood the logic and were able to implement it for everybody. It was really cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's basically how we uh, deal with most things, right? Like um, that's the only way we know how to grow, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, fantastic. Ken, you've been uh, a delight uh, to speak with. Uh, and uh, again, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um, and uh, for listeners, I will put uh, uh, Ken, uh, you know, Ken's LinkedIn in the, in the uh, description below. So if you want, are you are okay with people reaching out to you, Ken? Of course. Yeah, yeah okay. of course, of course. Yeah, and so if you want to know, I'm not on commission or anything, but I do <laughs> highly recommend James' program. So if you want that link or whatever, hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll give it to you too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ken. Okay, cool. See you. Good to see you. Bye.